So what? The Reds let the Red Sox get a little win. I'm not bothered by it. Although Steve seems to be. We'll tell you why on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. We are your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. We have taken our love of the game, our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you. We want to thank those of you who listen every day. If you are an everydayer, tell us in the comment section how long you've been a Reds fan. Tell us what you think about what we have to say. We love interacting with you. Uh, on today's podcast, we are going to talk about the sweep that got away out in Boston, and I'm a little bit more bothered by it than Jeff is. Uh, we're also going to get you set for the four-game Reds-Brewers showdown. Uh, that may lead to a change at the top of the National League Central. And we're also going to discuss the question of who is the real Kevin Newman. A lot to get to today, but before we get to any of that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. We are brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB to get $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. All right, Jeff, let's dive into the sweep that got away. Uh, you know, you are talking about the real reason why the Reds lost, and it not is just, just not about Kevin Herget. Uh, there's more to it than that. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that this one got away. I really wanted this one. Yeah, and let's start there with the Kevin Herget of it all because he got his doors blown off in the eighth inning. I mean, there's no two ways about it. He absolutely got destroyed. And there were a lot of people that wondered why he was in that game at that point, tie game, top of the lineup, the best hitters in the Red Sox lineup, staring him down at the plate. So there's a lot of folks that are just like, boy, that's the point where the Reds lost it. But the real reason the Reds lost came much earlier in the game because of some bad breaks. And I know nobody wants to talk about bad breaks being the reason for a loss. And you can point to a couple of other things that, you know, might have been important as well. But when I look at the whole Kevin Herget of it all, I just say, okay, this was the embodiment of what I had kind of felt for most of the game. It just felt like the ball was falling in the Red Sox way all night. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, and and these are the types of performances that we have tried to prepare everybody to expect. We talked about that there would be some inconsistency with these younger players, whether it's pitchers or hitters along the way. And I think we saw a bit of that tonight. And, and if you want to chalk that up to it was just one of those nights where it wasn't going to go the Reds way. If you want to chalk that up to a little bit of uh, Kevin Herget's inexperience showing through a little bit of him not having a feel for the situation and being able to push through it, uh, whatever the reason is. These type of things are going to show themselves from time to time as all of these young players are getting their major league baseball legs underneath them. Correct. Yeah. And, and that's something that I kind of chalk up to that. And that's why I'm not bothered by it. Look, I know, 
I would love to have swept them. I mean, can you imagine the storyline of red sweep at Wrigley and Fenway back to back to come home to face the Brewers? Like would have been a freaking locomotive at that point. Two games back sounds way better than three games back. But I feel like reds country took all of the negativity that the the five game win streak eradicated and brought it back to life out of the grave and decided to say, this is why this team won't go anywhere. This is why this team, the plan won't work. This is why this team will always be bad. And I just don't think it's that serious. I think that they're going to be fine in the long run. Here, here's what I think is going on, Jeff, and, and you can tell me if you disagree with this, but here's the deal. The Cincinnati Reds are playing meaningful baseball in June, and we don't know how to act as fans. We're not <laughs> used to that. Uh, would it have been nice to get this sweep? Yes, because as you just said, they would have. the, the Brewers lost last night. So mm-hmm. if the Reds had pulled that game out and got the sweep, they would be coming into this series, a four-game set with a division-leading Milwaukee Brewers, only trailing by two games. That's a big deal. And those are the type of situations you have to take advantage of. Uh, I think from a fan base perspective, not knowing how to really process being in the thick of things in June. I mean, you know, the ownership told us we were out of it on opening day. And that is clearly not the case. The Reds are in the middle of this. The Reds are in a dogfight and they need to take advantage of every opportunity. So I can understand from a fan base that has been perpetually disappointed by this team year after year after year to, to, to seize upon the negativity. And I think as a fan base, we're going to have to learn to look at the bigger picture and know that that was just one of 162 games and they play again tomorrow. They and, play and again the, today. Right, exactly. And the thing of it is for me, and, and this is where I start to say the bad breaks for me is what define this game because I go back to the fourth inning. A lot of folks say, well, that eighth inning with Herget, that's really where I'm going to key in on. You're missing some bigger pictures here. There was a perfect opportunity for the Reds. In fact, I, I saw the stat that like it doesn't happen very often, but the Reds had back-to-back doubles in the fourth inning and didn't score. That doesn't happen very often. And you had um, Spencer Steer hit a double and then Tyler Stevenson hit a double, but the double was such that it was going up off the wall the center fielder for the Red Sox, Jaron Duran, had a chance to make a spectacular. It would have been SportsCenter's top play, I'm pretty sure, if he actually caught this ball. But he had a chance. It was a non-zero chance to make the catch. But because of that non-zero chance, Spencer Steer held up at second. And so whenever the ball actually dropped, he started running. They picked the ball up, got it in very quickly. He didn't have a chance to score. And the thing for me on that instance is this is another thing that falls back on the, this team's going to make some weird mistakes because they're full of rookies. Spencer Steer should have known. Sure. There's a small chance that Duran Duran catches that ball, but you know what? If he does, he deserves to double me up at second base because he shouldn't catch that ball and I should score. He should have just been running. The Reds have been playing this way for a long time this pretty much most of this season aggressive not really worrying about not losing they're playing like they have nothing to lose for some reason in that moment it felt like spencer steer was like i don't want to lose this you know i I think today is going to be listen to steve and jeff disagree on everything because i feel like part of the problem is fenway park itself i think Mm, it's probably very difficult to be a base runner in that ballpark 
because not only do you have to worry about all the regular base runner things, is he going to catch it? Is he not going to catch it? Do I need to tag up? Do I not need to tag up? How big, good an arm does he have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You have to worry about, well, which one of those angles out there will the ball Kareem off of? Is the backup outfielder in a position to throw me out at third base because that wall is going to produce a crazy bounce? Uh, is it going to wrap around that pole over there? Is that the deepest part of the ballpark or not? There's so many extra little things, so much nuance at Fenway Park that I could see as a base runner, you might just lock up. You might vapor lock for a minute. And I think that may be what happened to Spencer Steer in that particular play. That's fair. And then, so so that's a point where I'm like, okay, that's that's really where I started to question and be like, this feels like one of those games the Reds just aren't going to win. Then another instance came in um, pretty much the same inning. In fact, Rafael Devers in the bottom of the fourth inning got the first hit. Hunter Green had not allowed a hit in nine innings. And then Rafael Devers comes up to the plate in the bottom of the fourth inning and hits a long fly ball to center field that the moment Jose Barrero looks up to see that ball, he loses it. And he says from that moment, he's like, I got nothing. I can't see it. He's waving his arms. He's trying to tell anybody that could possibly run over, which Stuart Fairchild was the closest person that could have gotten to him. But even then, he wasn't able to come and get that fly ball. But what should have been a can of corn turned into a double for Rafael Devers in that situation. And then the very next batter, Justin Turner, hits a C&I single through the right side that just it was just out of the reach of everybody that was trying to get to it. And so because of the way that the defensive alignment was and the way that it rolled, Rafael Devers scored from second. The first two hits in nine innings against Hunter Green produced a run for a guy that could only get one run of support in this game. I was like, you, you, you put those two things together, one and one equals two, the Reds ain't winning tonight. If you recall, off air yesterday, I told you that that's how it was going to go for Hunter Green. He was going to get zero run support. I probably should have said it on the air, so I I looked smart for a hot minute. I tell you. Uh, All those things taken into consideration, Jeff, I'll tell you one person that probably is the happiest member of the Cincinnati Reds to get out of Boston, and that's Jonathan India. Uh, during the course of this series, one for 14, uh, and came up with an opportunity to tie the game, right? Or the game was tied. Give, give, with give him a lead, to yeah. Give him the lead. Yeah, uh, with uh, Matt McClain on base. And Jonathan India grounds into a double play. Couldn't get it done. One for 14 on the series. You know he is happy to be heading back to the friendly confines of Great American Ballpark. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. But that's that's just where I say for me, and I'm not bothered by this loss because it was just one of those games the, the, the baseball gods were not going to let them win, regardless of how many runs Kevin Hergett gave up in the eighth inning. But you know, Steve, the Reds have an astronomically important series this weekend with the Brewers, and we think there's a Big massive, Warriors. massive opportunity here. All hyperbole aside, we'll tell you how the Reds can win this four-game series with the Brew Crew coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Game Time. Game Time is my favorite way to get to a Reds game. People always ask, what is the best way to get the best value on Reds tickets? I always tell them Game Time because they've got the Game Time guarantee. If you find tickets in your section and your row for a cheaper price on a different app, then Game Time will credit you 110% 
of the difference. They are so confident that you'll find the best price. And most of the time, I just pull up to the ballpark. I find my parking spot, get on game time, find the best deal. Boom, I'm in the stadium. Check them out today. Download the Game Time app on your phone, whether you've got an iPhone or an Android, and create a profile and use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the single best way to get last-second tickets. So download it today and use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Uh, Game Time has the lowest prices for last-minute tickets guaranteed. The Reds welcome the Brewers and Zach Brown Band to Great American Ballpark tonight. First pitch is at 5.10 p.m. You got Brandon Williamson on the mound against Corbin Burns. Could be an interesting night. Could be a low-scoring night. Haven't looked at the over-under just yet, but uh, this might not be a situation where I say take the over. But anyway, you can check out every pitch of the hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search. Reds and thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is on the next show. We're going to bring you the big thoughts from the weekend that was against the Milwaukee Brewers. And Steve, as we get ready to kind of talk about this series, this is going to be huge. And quite frankly, as much as I was excited and hopeful for a sweep in Boston. I'm even more excited for this series because the Reds are three games back. Sure, if they sweep, they get in first place. But even if they win three or four, then they're one game back. And you're really talking about making a lot of progress. And it was funny because uh, our friend Chuck Freeman over at Lockdown Brewers emailed me. And he said these words exactly. He says, I have a hunch the Reds will be in first on June 15th. The Reds are better than the Brewers. Your thoughts? Well, that's exciting to hear from within the division. Uh, for me, I, I think it's probably an accurate take. You know, when we did the the National League Central preview uh, before the season started, there was a lot of talk about the Brewers were pretenders, not so much contenders. That while they do have talent, uh, that team probably gets blown up by the All-Star break. I think if they get overtaken in June and July, they're absolutely going to get blown up before the all-star break. So, you know, I think that this is a defining moment for the Brewers and I think they're starting to show who they really are. As for the Reds, uh, you know, there's not a hotter team in the division right now. Uh, We talk about the opportunity for this series to put the Reds in first place. We're going to need a little help from the God awful St. Louis Cardinals (laughs) as far as taking care of the Pittsburgh pirates to make sure that the Reds can slide into first place. But I think this is a very winnable series. I'm excited for a lot of reasons. I mentioned it up top in the first segment, Jeff. I'm excited that the Reds are playing meaningful baseball that really does have an impact on the season, and we're in June. Uh, It's been a while since we could say that. I'm excited because we're going to get to watch this in person, me and you. We're going to be down at the ballpark and see this thing unfolding. I'm excited because it's all occurring on my birthday weekend, Jeff. So it is a big time for me, and I think that the Reds come out of this weekend in first place. Yeah, you mentioned uh, uh, rooting for some folks. Um, it's funny because I looked up in the Discord chat because I wanted it was from earlier today. We we're talking about the fact that the Pirates and the Cardinals play each other this weekend at the same time we play the Brewers, and uh, somebody said Pirates or Cardinals, who are we rooting for here? And uh, shout out to Tuner on the Discord chat. He said, "I'm rooting for a meteor." 
So <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I think that's an accurate assessment for uh, that series. But look, the, the Reds have a good shot here with the Brewers to win three out of four. And I start with the thing that I don't think I would have said, and that is the Reds can out hit the Brewers easily. Because as much as we talk about the Reds kind of have a power deficiency within their lineup, the Brewers are even worse at that because the Reds as a team have like a 397 slugging percentage right now. The Brewers have a 380 slugging percentage and they have a team batting average of 230. This team does not hit. And in fact, I was even looking at their last run and looking at their last 10 games. They have scored more than four runs twice in the last 10 games. I don't need to tell you how many times the Reds have scored more than four runs because pretty much except last night, it's been like almost every game. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because if we're going to give the edge to the Reds as far as the offensive statistics go and the ability to score some runs, we probably need to give the edge as far as the pitching side of things to the Brewers. I think the Brewers are a little bit better on the mound. Uh, the Brewers have a better ERA with fewer walks. Now, here's the thing. The Brewers have been susceptible to allowing some long balls. The problem mm -hmm. with that is, is the Reds are not prone to hitting the long balls. So it's going True. to be interesting to see how this sorts itself out. Is it going to be one of those situations where the better pitching prevails? Or are these Reds hitters, as hot as they are right now, going to be able to get to this Brewers pitching staff? I think that's what's going to happen. I think the Reds coming home from a successful road trip, when that doesn't happen very often, they're going to be on cloud nine. They're going to be fired up. And I think these Reds hitters are going to take it to the Brewers pitching staff. Well, you know what you shouldn't do? You should not bet against Great American Ballpark in June. Like Great American Ballpark is going to take the best of pitchers if they're susceptible to giving up fly balls and they're going to humble them. I know Corbin Burns has a Cy Young under his belt, and I'm not saying that the Reds are going to go crazy on Corbin Burns here, but they've got a real shot to at least outscore whatever the lineup can do against Brandon Williamson and, and company. Because I think Brandon Williamson is going to have a good game here on Friday night, and then you look at some interesting pitching matchups over the weekend too. It kind of it, it's kind of a bummer for me that that uh, the Brewers miss Hunter Green, but still, I mean. This was this is kind of goes back to the idea why Kevin Hergett was in the ball game. The Reds now have Alexis Diaz fresh, ready to go. Lucas Sims fresh, ready to go. Uh, all of your big relievers are ready. And, and I know there's not like a ton of huge name relievers in this bullpen right now. It's kind of been a team effort more so than you know a ton. You know, a couple of key major guys are up at the top with Alexis Diaz. But I love how the Reds are positioned for this series. The Brewers are coming in very cold and the Reds are coming in very hot. It's going to be playoff baseball type atmosphere. I think, I don't know if how many people are going to actually make it out to the ballpark. I hope that there's a lot of folks down there. We know that the Milwaukee Brewers fans travel well. So I think there's an, a possibility that it could be a bit of a hostile environment, even depending on how much uh, Reds fans turn out. But I think that the Reds have a real opportunity here to do something exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to see how it shakes out. You know, you talk about not big names in this bullpen. And I think that's okay. Because even though there's not big names, there's been big performances. They haven't had the, the marquee name that everybody in baseball is going to recognize. But if you look at this bullpen as a whole, 
If you look at the statistics they put up compared to the rest of the league and you look at the individual stat lines compared to the other bullpens around baseball, every single one of these guys have had impressive outings. It's where the consistency comes on board now, Jeff. We've been harping on this. We've been talking about this. If the Reds are to take first place during the course of this four-game set, they're going to have to get consistent performances from everybody in that bullpen because, as you say, we're throwing Brandon Williamson. That's our fifth guy going against a true ace. He's going to have to pitch well enough to keep the Reds in the game and get it over to the bullpen. So I'm looking for consistency from these guys. I really think there's an opportunity here. I haven't been this excited about a series in a while, especially this far into the season. That That's where I am with this, and that's why there is no amount of dampening from the loss to the Red Sox because the Reds are competing for something in June. We did not think those. We did not say this coming into this season. We said no. Don't 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 expect it. Don't go no, crazy about it. Twenty twenty four. Yep. All right, Jeff. Well, one thing's for sure: the Reds have a good shot to win the series. I'm excited. You're excited. You know who else is excited right now? It's Kevin Newman. And coming up, <laughs> we're going to tell you if what Kevin Newman is doing is sustainable. Big words today. We'll talk about that coming up right after this the reds and the brewers get going today 5 10 p.m special start time folks 5 10 p.m eastern time down at great american ballpark early start zach brown band right after the game uh, the reds are three games back of the brewers for first place in the national league central this is game one of a four game set and you can catch every pitch of the reds hometown broadcast with sirius xm on the sxm app just search the word reds also follow this podcast on all podcasting platforms including right here on youtube if you haven't done so yet click the subscribe button click that notification bell so that you never miss an episode in between episodes make sure you are following us on twitter to keep that baseball conversation going you can follow me at s offenbaker with two f's you can follow jeff at jeff Carr. that's jeff with three f's and you can follow the show at locked on reds all right, Jeff, we've we've spent a fair amount of time over the last couple of weeks talking about Kevin Newman and for good reason, because in his last 13 games, 17 for 37, that's good for a 459 batting average, six doubles, eight walks, only seven strikeouts. He's doing a thing right now. He's really starting to endear himself to a lot of different Reds fans. And He's a guy that we've talked about a lot here recently, mostly in the vein of, well, when Ellie De La Cruz comes up, we're going to send down Kevin Newman. I, I kind of wonder, and, and, and I know that this is funny because I, I think if you look at his career stats, the answer is simple. But based on his recent run of form, is Kevin Newman keeping Ellie De La Cruz in AAA? No. Let me tell you a little bit about Kevin Newman. In a sample size that consists of almost 500 games, Kevin Newman has a career OPS plus of 80. That's 20% below league average. That's who he really is. Now, is he playing way over his head right now? Yes. Is that good for the Reds? Yes. It's helping him win games now. And maybe, just maybe, he's going to be this season's Brandon Drury. If he continues to play like this, as we inch towards July, you trade this guy, you get something for him when you were expecting to get nothing and you bring up Ellie De La Cruz and we run the plan as according to how the plan was programmed. Uh, It's a win for everybody involved. 
Uh, Kevin Newman's going to go get a payday somewhere. The Reds are going to get something in return. It doesn't disrupt the young guys coming up. And the Reds were helped to win some ball games along the way. I think it's great. I, and I think the key too, like thinking about a trade possibility with Kevin Newman is he still has one more year of arbitration eligibility. So he has one more year of cost controllable, cost, cost controllable control. Team control. Uh, yeah, lots of control um, when it comes to Kevin Newman. So there's an opportunity there that you may, you might be able to get something in the vein. And, and I saw this. This was a thought um, from C. Trent Rosecrans from The Athletic saying that it was something like a Tyler Naquin trade. Like Tyler Naquin brought in a couple of 18-year-olds. So, sure, there's going to be a lot of risk with them, but there could be a lot of upside as well. You're just not getting somebody that's really going to be helpful this year or maybe not even next year. Um, but the point is he's turning himself from somebody that the Pirates were willing to get rid of into possible assets for the Reds' future. And I'm with you. I, I really think that this is a guy we need to pump the brakes on because there's a lot of folks out there that are really starting to get attached. And, make, and like, it's so funny because I think we were... <sighs> ironically unironically i'm not really sure uh comparing him to kyle farmer and thinking that he's going to be the next kyle farmer for this team and maybe not necessarily statistically or in the same role or in the same leadership ability but in the minds of fans everywhere there are people that are just like you can't move kevin newman you can't not play kevin newman what are you thinking about and the whole time that i keep seeing that i'm just like it's Ellie de la Cruz, man. It's Ellie de la Cruz. I don't think there's anyone on this roster that you said the way that they're playing right now should block Ellie de la Cruz whenever the Reds think he's ready. You know, for the people that are actually saying that, and I've seen it too, there are people actually saying that you can't move from Kevin Newman right now. You have to ask yourself this question. Do you believe that the Kevin Newman you are seeing play right now for the last, let's let's be generous. Let's call it the last two months. Is the last two months the real Kevin Newman? And is that the Kevin Newman you're going to have in July, in August, in September, and April of next year? Or is the guy that's already played in 500 big league games, 20% below league average, is that the guy that you're more likely to have in August, September, April of next year? The answer is that's the guy you're more likely to have. If he continues this hot streak into an, a space where you can trade him, where his value is high and as high as it's ever going to be, you have to strike while that iron is hot. Nick Crawl has shown us he is able to do that. He has shown us he's willing to do that. And he has shown us he is able to get something in return. I trust Nick Crawl in this situation. I think if, if Kevin Newman continues to play like he's playing right now, he will be dealt and Nick Crawl will bring something back into this farm system to help move things along a little bit. So, okay, our, our question was pretty big picture. Let's let's get real granular. Has his last 13 games and Ellie De La Cruz five strikeout night on Thursday night at least pushed him back so that Ellie De La Cruz is not getting called up this weekend? Yes. Ellie yeah. De La Cruz is not getting called up this weekend. I yeah, think, I think uh, so too. If, if Ellie was going to be in the ballpark tomorrow, it would have already leaked. Or I'm sorry, we're, I'm sorry. If he was going to be there today, 
this is the Friday episode. Sorry, I've been flying a lot, Jeff. I apologize. <laughs> um, if if Ellie De La Cruz was going to play for the Reds this weekend, I think we would know about it already. That news would have uh, been leaked somewhere along the way. Uh, we saw how fast that news traveled when Matt McClain was informed he was going to get called up. Mm-hmm. So I don't anticipate seeing Ellie De La Cruz unless there's some type of injury during the course of this Brewers series. Uh, does the 0 for 5 strikeout or with 5 strikeouts make me think that's part of it? I don't think that changes the organizational view on Ellie De La Cruz. I don't think that changes really anything other than if they were going to call him up, they were going to call him up. And the decision to not call him up has nothing to do with his performance last night. It's their decision-making process with a big picture view. Uh, We don't know what that is, but I can guarantee you it's not because he went 0 for 5 and someone said, oh, wait, maybe we should wait. That didn't happen. And, of course, there is the chance that the Reds actually put T.J. Friedel on the injured list, and they still call up Ellie De La Cruz, and we seem silly for saying that they're not going to call him up. But, yeah, no, I think um, I, I definitely think that Kevin Newman has made it a little bit easier to not, like, make the front office sweat about, ooh, are we calling him up too early? Do we need to wait a little bit? Like, they're, they're like, okay, maybe we get a trade done with Kevin Newman, and then we call up Ellie De La Cruz. We'll, we'll see. I, I know it's soon. They're, they're not going to be waiting much longer to call up Ellie De La Cruz because the dude is ready. And, 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 look, what we're saying here with Kevin Newman is we love the performances that he's been putting on here recently. We're not going to get fooled by it and think that all of a sudden the Reds have found this dude who's going to play every single day for him because he has got a large enough sample size. If we knew what we knew about Jose Barrero, then we definitely know what we know about Kevin Newman. Absolutely. And that's probably a good spot to go ahead and wrap this up for today, Jeff. But before we get out of here, don't forget that you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. All right, Jeff, wrap us up. Get us out of here. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Reds. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out. If this is your first time, make sure that you're subscribed on your favorite podcasting platform and right here on YouTube. For everydayers coming up on the next show, we are going to be recapping a crazy weekend of the Reds and Brewers, so make sure you join us. But uh, as we move into this huge four-game set, Steve, what can people expect from you and me? They can expect us to continue to be dialed in on the transactions, listening for the rumors, watching for the moves, paying attention to what happens not only in Cincinnati, but also down in Louisville, and bringing all that information back right here to keep everyone Locked on Reds every single day. I hope every single Brewers pitcher misses just a bit outside. Just.